Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Mike, today I thought you and I should talk about global diversification. Just been looking at the 10-year returns, and the one thing I noticed is that the leaders have switched again. So the U.S. has been the star over the last 10 years, and we've got returns north of 15 16%, depending on which index you're looking at. Those are phenomenal returns. Europe's coming in at around 8 or 9%, again, depending on which index you're looking at. And Canada's 6 to 7%. If you drop it down to three years, Canada and the U.S. are actually pretty close together, surprisingly, and, and Europe's a little further behind. But we know that there's no one part of the world that always dominates. So let, I thought we should explore some of the statistics in terms of what does the world marketplace look like, talk about some of the big companies, and talk about global diversification. So why don't you start us off with, with Canada? Well, Canada is a very small part of the world. If you look at market capitalization, Canada only represents 3% of the world's stock markets. So we're relatively small. And to be honest, in 30 years, I think they moved from 2.4 to 3. It hasn't been a big change in a, in a long time. There's about 603 publicly traded companies in Canada with a total of about $2 trillion. So we're rather a small player. And I guess the other thing in Canada, it's not only the amount of companies and the size of the companies, it's what the companies do. We're not broadly diversified. And you know, there's that idea that you should always buy things that you use. It's very difficult to live a day and use only Canadian products. As I always told people, by the time you brush your teeth in the morning, you're pretty much done with Canada. And if you had to buy local within 100 kilometers of where you are, you wouldn't be buying very much is the reality. Yeah. So so that that's Canada. And Canada, I mean, we have, on the plus side, we have great financial systems. We have great banks. Uh, we're rich in resources. We're rich in water. So there's some great things about investing into Canada. But again, the size is your biggest limitation. So if we go just south of the border and we look at the U.S., so the U.S. is really, it, it's, call it global domination. It is 57% of the world stock market, $53 trillion. And the whole world market is only $92 trillion. So we haven't hit quite $100 trillion. I think we're getting closer to it. But the U.S. has... 3,665 publicly traded companies. That's almost six times what Canada has. So right away, you get all that diversification. Yeah, U.S. has been interesting because it's a country which really forms corporations. They've learned to become very globalized. And when you look at it, uh, if you travel through the U.S., the manufacturing has died in the U.S. And you'd think if a country lost all its manufacturing, it would shrink. U.S. has been not the opposite. U.S. has lost all its manufacturing, continues to outsource it, but continues to grow in the same same time. So the U.S. is big, but let's not forget about Europe and Asia and ever, everything that's not Canada and the U.S. And, and how big are they? There's about $25 trillion if you go uh, outside of uh, Canada and U.S. into a lot of the developed, let's call them developed uh, countries. 
There's about 6,815 uh, companies, and they make up about 27% of the world stock market. And if you go and look at uh, the countries, the biggest of that, which would be Japan, that comes in at about 7%. The UK comes in at about 4%. France is at 3 Germany and Switzerland, uh, Australia, they're all around 2%. I'm always surprised. I always thought Germany would be a lot bigger in that scale. Especially uh, with all the cars and all the products that I, we get. I know. I'm always, I've, I've read that number a hundred times and I always go back. I think, wow, France is bigger than Germany. That doesn't make any sense. Right. I don't think I owned any, I don't think it was anything from France. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Maybe, you know, especially in the cars, maybe it's Peugeot or something like yeah. that. I think it's important not to forget the emerging markets. Now, emerging markets are funny. You know, I've been at this for 30 years and and we still call them the emerging markets. And I guess it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes centuries for some of these countries to emerge. And if we look at the emerging markets, they make up about 14% of the world's marketplace. So that's pretty significant, almost $13 trillion dollars. But boy, did they have diversification, 8,000, over 8,700 different companies. So you can truly get diversification by companies by getting into the emerging markets. And a lot of people don't put, don't think of the emerging markets as part of their portfolio. They don't put it in. What's interesting now, when you look at company, uh, countries like Korea, uh, South Korea, that are starting to cusp off no longer being an emerging market. And when do they actually become you know, part of the international markets rather than the emerging markets. When do we consider them developed? Yeah, and they're almost there. I mean, Kia is a huge company. There's tons of car companies now from uh, South Korea and uh, tons of not only car companies, just manufacturers across the board from South Korea that have done fantastic. And then the other question is, when does a country like Greece go and become an emerging market? You know, because of its location, everyone's considered international because it's in the middle of Europe. But if you ask most people from a financial point of view, they might say, I don't know if that belongs in the international side of things. Definitely. So we're looking at global diversification. And I think we, we have to, you know, even go deeper and look at who are the big players by company. And so I was looking at a report by the Visual Capitalist where they had done an analysis of the top 100 companies in the world. And... No surprise there, 59 of the top 100 companies in the world, guess where? United States of America. Almost lines up with the percentage, isn't it? It 57%? almost lines up exactly with the percentage. Closely behind that, well, not closely, but gaining ground, I would say, is China. 14 of the top 100 companies in the world. And then we get into Europe. 18 of those companies are from Europe. And then Asia Pacific, excluding China, has about seven of those companies. And then finally, we get down to Saudi Arabia and Canada have one each. Now, trivia question, name the Canadian company. The Imperial Oil? No. Hmm. Shopify. Ah. <laughs> My guess is nine out of 10 Canadians will get that wrong. Yep. <laughs> Our largest publicly traded company is Shopify. And I think nine out of 10 Canadians could probably not tell you what they do. Yep. <laughs> if we look a little further and look at what's changed in those top 100 companies, the group is 52% technology and consumer discretionary companies. So technology has definitely played a big role. But so is consumer discretionary. Those are, those are the products that we know and we love and we use. 
if we get down to who are the big names, Apple is the biggest in the world. Now, sometimes that changes. You see, sometimes uh, Amazon will rise to the top or even Facebook has been there. Um, but, but Apple seems to always hold that position. But who's number two? Beyond Apple? I know Tesla's been threatening people, but I don't think it's up there. Um, it's out of Saudi Arabia. It's called Saudi Aramco, worth $1.9 So just behind. So you might not even, it probably doesn't even ever make it into a discussion as to one of the largest companies in the world, and it's number two. And then we get into, you know, if we look at the remaining of the top 10, we get into Microsoft and Amazon and Alphabet and Facebook. Those would be expected. And then we go down further the list and we see Tencent, Tesla, Alibaba, and even Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. So when you're building a global portfolio, you want to make sure you're investing all around the world. You're going to want all these big companies in your portfolio. They're market leaders. It's funny. Another thing I was listening to is a lot of people come to us with the concern of markets are very high. And they start to talk about price to earn a multiples and get into that where they're sitting, uh, these all-time high, highs that we've hit. And I remember hearing one person go into detail and say, yeah, they're at all-time high in the U.S. The rest of the world isn't there. You know, you still can buy banks in Canada, multiple of, you know, 10 to 11 times earnings, which is unheard of in the States. You're in the mid-20s. I'm looking at all, you know, Apple and all these other companies. They're all close to 25 times earnings, somewhere between, you know, 23 and 28. But in Canada, you still have deals. And in the rest of the world, you still have deals. So if you're scared of the high markets, maybe you're more afraid of the U.S. than you are the actual invest in the marketplace. Go back 10 years ago, no one wanted to be in the U.S., People wanted a, a portfolio with 60% in Canadian companies. And how would that have done over the, the past 10 years? Not that well. Yeah. So you need to diversify. Don't place one bet on one country or one company leaving, leading you to the promised land. It's not going to work. That brings us to the end of another week. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.